Hey, this is Caleb Clay, Associate Pastor of Anchor Faith Church here in Valdosta, Georgia. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We believe that it will minister to you and be a blessing to your life. Now get ready to receive a word from God. Amen. Go with me, if you will. Uh, Let's look at James chapter 2. Let's start there. James chapter 2. I want to minister tonight on the subject of faith. We talk about faith a lot around here, and rightfully so. I mean, we are Anchor Faith Church, right? That, that ought to be a, a paramount, but faith isn't just something for Anchor Faith Church. It's something for every believer, and um, the life of faith and believing God and, and living. You know, I, I've heard people give all kinds of descriptions and definitions of what faith is. One of my favorites is the life of faith is just living like God's word is true. Amen. Can we just believe God at his word? Can we just uh, read the word and read the scripture? You know, I think sometimes we approach things as a society with a cynical attitude. With a, there's a cynicism. Like, is it really true? You know, we have to have things proven to us so often, and we have to have things shown to us. And, 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 you know, look, there, there are times where you need to do your due diligence. There are times in life you need to do your homework. You know, if you're single and looking for a, a mate or looking for a spouse, do the homework. Don't just have faith <laughs> that they're going to be a man of God. We need to see something before we jump in the river. Amen. Come on. I'm being serious now. Oh, I'm just believing God that he's going to come around. I, I've, I've, I've heard single people, you know, literally believe that an unsaved person is going to become saved and I'll just believe God and I'm going to marry him. Maybe I could be the one that gets them saved. Well, do that before you get married, okay? Let, let's do that before we get in. I'm not saying that God can't restore and redeem. My gosh, God is capable of so much uh, uh, that, that he can do some awesome things even after you've been married and, and, and worked through some things. But there are times where we don't want to just put our faith out there. You want to do that. But our culture, I think, has, has gone you know, a little overboard with what we have to be seen. And we kind of touched on this last week a little bit when we were talking about you know, the difference between believing and understanding, the difference between having it all spelled out for you before you take the first step. And, and look, when we're talking about the life of faith and the life of a believer, uh, much of, of the life of faith and, and the life of Christianity, being a believer, is about not knowing where you're headed to, but know who you're going with. I'll say that again. I said the foundation of the believer uh, and the Christian life is not maybe knowing where you're headed but who you're going with. When Jesus gives a command, he says, go to the other side and the storm shows up halfway. You've got to remember who's in the bottom of the boat and he's sleeping. He's not not concerned about the storm and and he's not second guessing his command and wondering, oh gosh, what what did I do? What what did I tell them to do? I told them to take this step of faith and we were gonna go to the other side and now this storm has come contrary and and it looks like it's gonna rip the boat apart and we might not even make it. What did I get myself into? That's not the God we serve. 
If God says go to the other side, he means go to the other side and nothing can come against you. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And so the Christian life and the foundation of the believer is not so much in knowing where I'm headed and not knowing how I'm going to get there or how it's all going to work out. But who's with me? Who's with me? Who's in my boat? Who's in my corner? Who gave me the command to take this step of faith? And if he gave me the command, then he's going to see me through. And I've got to listen to his voice because he's directing my paths. He's directing my steps. The righteous, the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And so, sure, we're always going to have that want to on the inside, try to step in and figure it out. Pull a Abraham. He says, you're going to be the father of many nations and it's not working out quite as quick as I thought it should. So maybe God needs a little help. Maybe God needs, needs me to, to, you know, to come alongside him and, you know, help him figure this thing out. But God had a plan the whole time. God knows how to get it done. And so here we are in James chapter 2. And starting with verse 14, uh, it says this in the New King James, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith Save him. Now he's asking the question here. He's saying, what, to what benefit is it to someone that says with a confession, with a declaration, I have faith, right? Because we know that faith is a confession. Faith is believed in the heart and it's confessed with the mouth. Faith will change what you say, absolutely. Faith will alter your confession. When you've got faith in your heart, when you believe it in your heart, there will be a change in your declaration and a change in what I say. And, and, and you know, I'm reminded of the woman that had the issue of blood and she pressed in to touch Jesus's hem. And it said that she had heard about Jesus, number one. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So she heard about Jesus. I mean, we saw on Sunday with Pastor Darrell, uh, uh, I believe it was Sunday morning, he ministered out of Romans chapter 10 and gave that whole, gave us the steps of how we come to faith. And it all begins by someone preaching. Someone's got to be sent. The person that's sent has to preach. The person that is preaching has to be heard. And then what I hear becomes what I believe. And then what I believe becomes a confession in my mouth. This is how we even got into the kingdom. This is how you get saved, is you believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. And that word confess isn't like this super spiritual, I'm just, you know, just confessing things. Confession means to come into agreement. It it actually means that word in the Greek, confess there in Romans, it actually means to uh, make a binding contract. So when I'm confessing Jesus is Lord, that means I'm coming into agreement. I'm actually making a contract with my life and with my attitude and with my actions and, and, and with my words. You know, back in the day, your words meant a lot more than they did today. Kyle, you can count it. You have my word. Well, that's only as good as me. Now, if you trust me, then it's good. If I have a good reputation, but if you don't, uh, I'm going to have to see something in writing here, Right? Travis Biles, I don't, I don't see him. He works for a dealership, and, and uh, he sold me a new vehicle, a new truck back in December. 
He's good at what he does. I'll tell you what, I just go to lunch. I'm just going to lunch trying to, you know, just have a little meeting and hang out time at Smoking Pig. Before I know it, I'm across the street looking at a brand new truck. Don't go to lunch with Travis Biles, let me just tell you. And uh, so I walk out with a new truck within the next 24 hours. But while we were in there, we're signing stuff left and right. You know, he, he came out with a number and I said, I need it down to this. Okay, if we can get it to this, can you do it? I just sign right here. Not that he don't trust me, but that's the nature of the business. That's, that, that's what he has to do. I mean, if it was just, if it was him selling me a truck and I said, if you get it down to this, I'll buy it. There's no sign of nothing. My, he knows my word. He knows I'm good for my word. But then we get into that contractual nature of things. And, and you know, we're in a day and age where you've got to go a little deeper. Got your word. Thank you for telling me that. But can you sign right here for me? Can you sign by the X? And so here in, in, in uh, uh, James chapter 2, he says, What does it profit, profit, my brethren, if someone says with his mouth, I have faith? but does not have works. So evidently, you can have faith with no works. So it's the first thing we have to identify. You can have faith with no works, but this is the thing. Faith without works doesn't work. I'll say that again. Faith without works doesn't work. Liken it to this. What good is it if I have muscles that don't work. You ever had something that doesn't work? You ever owned something? You ever expected something? See, when something works, that means it bears fruit, right? We've made that kind of a spiritual thing, but you know, really that's just the way of life. If it doesn't work, it doesn't bear fruit. That means it's not productive, it's not effective, it doesn't accomplish the goal intended. My expectation is when I go out to start a vehicle, to start my new truck, that when I, you know, I don't even turn a key on the thing. You push the brake, you push the button, and it starts up. That's the expectation. I'm surprised if it doesn't. I'm surprised if it doesn't work. Right now, everybody that's in this room, except for me, you're, you're using a chair. And the chair works, doesn't it? And you expected it to. Not one of you came in here and went like this. It works. This chair works. I mean, this is incredible. This chair works. It's holding me up right now. Right? But then we do that. We we, we do that with God. Are are you sure, God? Is is it going? It's like we second guess. That's not faith. Faith is a convinced hope. It's an expectation that it's going to happen. I'll be surprised if it doesn't. That's faith. It's convinced. But now he says that there's another part to faith that if it isn't accompanied with works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it Prophet, this is what he says, thus also faith by itself, by itself, if it does not have works, is 
dead. Another way of stating that is, if it does not have works, it does not work. Essentially what he's saying is that there has to be an accompaniment with my faith. My faith has to have actions associated with it. So faith, uh, when it says it's dead, this is literally what that word means. The word dead means inactive, unfruitful, ineffective. That word literally means, that word dead, my faith is inactive, my faith is unfruitful, and my faith is ineffective. The same faith that I believe with and the same faith that I confess with my mouth. But imagine if that, that woman with the issue of blood had believed, I know Jesus can heal me. And even confessed, if I just but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. But never pressed, would she have gotten her miracle? No, we need the actions to accompany our faith. Our faith is revealed by what we do. So here's the goal. The goal isn't simply having faith. It starts there. You've got to have faith. But the goal isn't merely having faith. It's using faith. The goal isn't merely just possessing faith. But it's putting the faith that I have into, into practice and into application. It's using the faith that I have. Now, this is the thing. So many times we, wanna, we want our faith to put us into scenarios where I don't need to use it. I don't want the challenges. I don't want the, 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 the hardships, the trials. Uh, uh, James chapter 1 Is it James chapter one? James chapter one, verse two. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. We've talked about that before. That's not usually where I look for joy. I don't look for joy in the trial. I look for joy when I come out of the trial. But he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that, what? The testing of your faith produces patience. So it's got to be tested if, it can, if you expect it to be trusted. It's got to be tested if I want it to grow and if I want it to develop. I want faith. I don't know about you. I want faith that grows. I want faith that grows. I want faith that, that is, is doing something. I want faith that, that doesn't just stay where it's at, but, but God wants us to grow from faith to faith, from glory to glory. He wants us to experience levels of deep faith. He wants us to experience levels of higher faith. And, and the faith that I needed, you know, a year ago for this one trial, I don't need faith for that anymore necessarily. I've got that. Now I'm growing into new levels and, 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 and new levels means new devils, new trials, new testing. I want to grow deep in my faith in God. And we covered last week that my faith in God is not a, a, a performance. Uh, my faith in God is not merely to get God to do stuff for me, but my faith in God is to, is to know him. Him, first of all. Him uh, knowing God in a relationship that the depth of my faith is limited by the depth of my fellowship. 
I'll say that again. The depth of my faith is limited by the depth of my fellowship, that as I grow in my relationship with God, I grow in my faith in him. Amen. So let's not reduce faith to, okay, God, I'm in, I'm in a trial, but he hasn't heard from you in six months because everything was going okay. No, let's, 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 let's grow in our fellowship, relationship, depth with him. And as a result, my faith is developed. As a result, I grow deeper in believing what God can do for me. And the trials that used to whip me, now I overcome. The, the things that used to scare me, now I walk in peace. The, the things that used to present a challenge to me, now I say, no, my God is bigger, greater, stronger. And I'm growing in that. So he says that our faith without works, if it doesn't have works accompanied, is dead. It's inactive. It's unfruitful. Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Uh, You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. I I don't want to have faith that's compared to a demon. But but that's what happens when we believe but don't do. Come on, I didn't say it, James said it, take it up with him. You know, I wonder if, you know, some of these Bible writers, when we get to heaven, I wonder if they, you know, I wonder if they know what's in store. When we all get to heaven, James, I got a bone to pick with you, bro. He said, Matthew, where you at, Matthew? I got some stuff I need to talk to you about. We're gonna, they're just going to be lines of questions. They're going to be like, send all these people back to, back to the earth. They're not ready for this. But he says here, you do well to believe, but not apply. You do well to have faith without works. Even the demons do that. Even the demons believe, I want to have faith that's deeper than a demon's faith. Come on. I want to have a faith that has action associated. I want to have a faith that, that I can prove, that I can test, that I can put into action and, and, and see results in my life. I don't want to have dead faith. That, that's what James is essentially saying. We, we think of people, they, they say, uh, well, they just don't have faith. No, they have faith. It's just dead. It's inactive or it's underdeveloped. You know, even Jesus said statements like, oh, ye of little faith. He was always talking about people's levels of faith. You go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you see the the examples of miracles, but you also see great levels of faith. Jairus uh, coming to, to Jesus, and he had faith that if Jesus made it back home to his daughter, that he could heal her while she was alive. But when he got word that she was dead, he didn't have faith for that level. So Jesus said, do not be afraid, only believe. She only sleeps. What's he doing? Trying to encourage his faith. Then we see another level of faith uh, with an individual uh, that was lame for 40 years, laying by a pool of Bethesda. I'm just giving you some overview here. 
And this man was lame for 40 years and these people would lay around the pool of Bethesda just waiting for someone, uh, waiting for the angel to come stir the water and, and, and they would try to get into the water. Well, he could never make it. He's lame, obviously. Even the blind man could stumble in there. But he couldn't get in the water. And so Jesus comes and has a little conversation. Would you like to be well? Yeah, I would love to be well. It's been 40 years, but I don't make it in the water in time. That was the level of faith he had. And so Jesus heals him right there. Says, take up your mat and walk. He took up his mat. Later on, you find out the man didn't even know who Jesus was. He called him sir. I think the only time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where Jesus was called sir. Didn't even know who Jesus was. There's no faith there. That was a miracle and a manifestation by the Spirit of God. Why didn't Jesus clear out the place and heal them all? Because he was led by the Spirit to that one individual. He was on assignment. He healed that man. He didn't even, there was no faith required on his part at all. You don't want to, you want God to work in your life, but you want to, God is interested in us believing in him and having faith in him for what he can do. And so we see these levels of faith and he's saying that, that, that faith without works, faith that doesn't have the associated works is dead, it's inactive. Verse 22, do you see that faith was working together? I want faith that works together. So if faith can work together with my actions, then it also tells me, this is how my brain works, that faith can work against my actions, that I could actually put actions into place that are opposite of what I believe, that I can say I believe something, but not still operate out of fear or still operate uh, out, of, out of what the natural says, what reality says versus what God's word says versus what faith says. Look at Romans chapter four. Romans chapter four, we'll see an example here of Abraham. Abraham is kind of coined the father of faith. He was you know, you, you be a father of many nations and you can't have any children. You're 100 years old. There's some faith in there. There's some faith involved. And you go back and read the account in Genesis chapter 12 and 15 and 17. You, you find out that, you know, Abraham was out there, man. Abraham had to, had to put his faith in God that he was going to make this thing come to pass. That he was going to be able to not just have one child, but become a father of many nations. And then God tests his faith even further and says, now take the one child you have and take them up on a mountain and I want you to sacrifice them before me. So Abraham here is a father of faith. And uh, let's look at verse, where do we want to pick up here? Let's look, let's start with verse 16. We'll start with 16. Romans 4, verse 16, New King James. Therefore, it is of faith 
that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he, what? Believed. God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So there's a calling, there's a speaking, there's a confessing. Are we calling things in our lives that do not exist as though they did? Are you calling healing, even though it may seem like it doesn't exist, as though it did? Call it. You can call it. You know, you might have, you might hear the, the frame, well, I just call it how I see it. Well, when you call it how you see it, you get what you see. But when you learn to call it how God says it, I want to call it how God says it. God has a report. Listen, there, there's, it's just comforting to know. There's no situation you can get into. There's no challenge or trial you could, you, that, that, that you could be confronted with that God doesn't have a word or a report on already. He's already spoken about it. Isn't that incredible? There, there, there's no breakdown, there's no struggle, there's no challenge. And God's up in heaven scratching his head saying, man, I haven't seen this one yet. This is the first. In 6,000 plus years, he's not surprised. God never goes, wow. God never says, oh me, oh my, what are we gonna? I mean, these are statements that God, he's already got a report. Who has believed the report of the Lord. And so he's calling those things that do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was what? Spoken. See, when God showed up to Abraham and he spoke and said, you shall be a father of many nations, that's a spoken word. The word of God is as if it's done. Now we talk about the immediacy of miracles and we talk about all the things that happen instantaneously, but would you wait 25 years for a miracle to come to pass? He spoke that to Abraham when he was 75 years old. Didn't come to pass till he was 100. What's he waiting for? Any day now, God, not getting any younger. You know, this whole thing of giving birth and having children kind of works by age. You know, it kind of, there's a clock. What are you doing? But that's not up, that's not up for us to figure out. That's what we're discovering. This, this, this faith thing, you know, God doesn't have to check off our boxes so that we can operate and live by faith. He, if he speaks the word, it's as if it's already done. I mean, Abraham was a father of many nations at 75, period. Where's the child? It's in an unseen realm. It hasn't manifested yet, but I spoke it, so it has to be done. It has to be so. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Verse 19, here it is, and not being weak in faith. Okay, so I have faith. 
but it's weak. I have faith, but it hasn't been built up to where I need it to be. I I, I haven't had it strengthened. So there is, look, if you can be weak in faith, you can be strong in faith, right? I mean, you wouldn't be able to measure the weakness of faith if you couldn't compare it to the strength of faith. And so he's saying, and not being weak in faith, that that's not necessarily the quantity of faith, but the quality of my faith. I want to always build the quality of my faith in God. Having more faith isn't like, you know, you, you, you can't measure it in numbers, but it's the strength of my faith. It's how convinced am I? What, what does that look like? What does that sound like? What, what kind of actions follow strong faith versus weak faith? What does your confession sound like versus weak faith and strong faith? So if I'm building in my faith, it, it should be measurable in some capacity is what he's saying. Faith can be measured. If Jesus could look at his disciples when they were freaking out on that sea in the middle of that storm and say, hey, look, that's that's not what you want to hear. (laughs) You've come through this storm. You nearly lost your life. Jesus, you know, gets out on the edge of the boat and says, peace, be still. The storm stops. And the next thing coming out of his mouth is, oh, ye of little faith. You're thinking, are you serious right now? What were we supposed to do? Well, what, what, what does strong faith look like in this scenario? But apparently Jesus could measure that. Apparently Jesus, by their application, by their confession, by their response, by their behavior, by their attitude, all of these are components of a faith-filled person. Your attitude will change when you're full of faith versus full of doubt. When you develop and you strengthen your faith, your, your attitude will change. Your responses to things will change you'll find you won't be as irritated. I'm serious now. Your level of irritation will change. The things that bother you will, will, won't bother you. The, 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 the challenges that get you in an emotional state that, of just breaking down, when you're full of faith or when you build or strengthen your faith, there's, there's literal natural ways that it plays out in your body. It sure will. So we want to strengthen our faith and not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead. This is what I love about that right there. The strength of his faith overcame the weakness of his body. The strength of his faith overcame the weakness of his body. What's that mean? That my faith is not limited to my circumstance. His circumstance was, I'm a hundred-year-old man. I ain't having kids. That stuff don't work anymore. But what is your natural situation? And God's not waiting for it to align on the outside to put his word on the inside. And the strength of his faith, he didn't consider. That means he wasn't going, trying to figure this out naturally. I mean, he did. You know, they, they left that part out of Romans, but he did. He's like, well, you know, it ain't happening with Sarah. Let me go make it happen with my, with my servant over here and ended up having a child, Ishmael, that wasn't the, the promise of God because God came back and said, what I meant, 
or what I said, I meant, and I meant what I said, that Sarah, even though the deadness of her womb, even though she's beyond childbearing age, I don't care, she and you will conceive a child together. And so the strength of Abraham's faith overcame the weakness of his situation. You don't have to have your, your situation turn to build your faith. You build your faith and you see your situation turn. I build my faith in God's word regardless of what it looks like in the natural. Many times, and then the word confirms it, that God would speak a word and things would get worse before they got better. Anybody ever been there? I'm gonna believe God. Uh, you know, let's just say finances because that's measurable. I'm believing God for such and such and then your car breaks down or the bill collector calls or something else comes up. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This, I have faith. Well, my faith isn't limited to my circumstance. You know, it might be healing that you're believing for and you're standing on God's word and you're believing Next time I go to the doctor, I'm getting a good report. Next time, and this is what they're going to say. And you're believing, and you stand steadfast because there is no other way. And you go, and they give you a bad report. Well, I guess it didn't work. No. My faith is in God's word. Their report doesn't change his report. And their report will have to align with his report. And you stand on it. Well, that just doesn't make any sense, Pastor Mark. That's why it's called faith. We're not talking about reality. I didn't say how to strengthen your reality. I said how to strengthen your faith. Come on now. It doesn't have to make sense. Let's just, let's just get this out of the way, elephant in the room. Faith people are weird. Come on now. I've had people, are you one of those faith churches? Well, I'm not one of those doubt churches. What's the alternative? (laughs) What does that mean, you know? You're one of those word of faith. Well, if you're saying I'm not a word of doubt church, then go ahead. I'm the word of faith. I'm word of faith all the way through. You're one of those prosperity churches? I'm not one of those poverty churches. I mean, what is the alternative here? What, What if I don't say yes, then what am I, you know? Now, I know what they're saying. I'm not stupid. I understand what they're saying culturally. But when we think about it, yes, we're a faith church. I'm in the kingdom of God because of faith in something that I cannot see. I cannot put my hand on. I cannot put my finger on how the grace of God could save me, redeem me from the garbage and the junk in my life. How he could take me from the pit of hell and put me as a king and royalty in heaven seated at the right. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. That requires faith. It requires just as much faith to believe that Jesus is my Lord and he came, washed away my sin, restored his kingdom to me, made me a part of his kingdom as it is to believe for healing in my body. Look, if I can believe God for spiritual healing, I can believe him for natural healing. I'm just convinced that God wants a much better life than most believers are convinced that he wants for them. He wants so many good things for us. And it requires faith to see it come to pass. 
So he didn't consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. We're just stating the facts. Look, you can state the facts. It's just not greater than faith. I said, look, you can state the facts. It just can't be greater than your faith. The facts don't change faith. Facts are facts. Reality is reality. What the doctor said, what the bank account says, what, 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 what the marriage looks like, what the home looks like, what, what, whatever situation you're in, whatever challenge your faith, it's the facts. I'm not denying it. I'm just saying there's something greater. He didn't, he, he, he didn't deny his own body. It says he didn't consider his own body. What's that mean to consider? That means to reflect on. It means to gaze on. It it, it means that's where my focus is, right? If I'm considering something, like when I was in that dealership and I was considering buying this truck and considering if these numbers were too high or if I needed more to come off, I'm considering, I'm I'm gazed intently. I'm fixed on this sheet of paper. I'm not distracted. We talked about that a few weeks ago, that in an age where distractions are at an all-time high, so is our worry. Our worry is at an all-time high. But let me tell you something. Faith isn't built where it's distracted. Faith doesn't consider another option. Faith doesn't consider another source. And I know that we all don't want to be the weird one that was standing in faith and didn't get it. That's where most people are at. Well, what happens if I don't get it? But faith doesn't have that conversation. He did not consider the deadness of his own body. The facts were there. I'm 100 years old. The fact is there. My wife could not get pregnant for all these years. What in the world would make her get pregnant now? The fact is there, but I'm not gonna consider it. I'm not gonna fix my focus on it. I'm not gonna let it distract me because God came and he said, you will be a father of many nations. So now Abraham's got a choice. Do I fix my focus on God's word or do I fix my focus on the facts? Where do I fix my focus? Because where I fix my focus is where I build my faith. I said, where I fix my focus is where I build my faith. I can build my faith in the negative report just as much as I can build my faith in the positive report. I can build my faith in what it already is just as much as I can build my faith in what God has already said. So where do you want to build your faith? That's where you want to put your focus. So he says he did not consider the deadness of his own body already being 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he did not waver. Well, if you're not distracted, you can't waver. You can't waver if you're not considering another option. You don't waver if you're fixed in your faith. That's what that means. Wavering means I'm shaky. Wavering means I'm going back between the two. But he did not waver. He stood firm. He remained steadfast. You know, God even changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Why? So there's calling it now. I mean, you, you don't believe in confession. God does to the point he changed his name and said, I'm going to pull it out of you by, by changing your name. They're going to start calling you a father of many nations. Amen. 
He believed it in his heart. He confessed it in his mouth, with his mouth. And then he acted on it. He did not waver at the promise of God through what? Unbelief. By not believing. So I'm not going to allow unbelief to set in. I'm not going to allow a wavering in my belief system. This is what God said. I'm standing firm on it. But here's the key. But was strengthened in faith. This is what we're looking at tonight. Faith without works is dead. The strength of my faith is measured the strength of my faith. If Jesus could look at his disciples and say, oh, ye of little faith, or look at Abraham and say, he's strengthened, it's measured right here. His faith is measured and strengthened. He was strengthened in faith. I wanna become strong in my faith, not weak in my faith. But you get strong where you put attention. Right? If you go to the gym, and let's say, you know, you want, bigger arms. Well, if I go in there and five days out of the week, I just do legs, guess what? I'm not going to get stronger in my arms. I'm not giving any attention to them. Right, Kyle? It's pretty simple. Whatever I give attention to gets stronger. Wherever I put my focus gets stronger. So he was strengthened in faith Giving glory to God, not after the fact, before. Giving glory to God. What's that? Action. Faith without works is dead. That was his action. I don't know. Maybe they hit up Amazon and started ordering all kinds of children's furniture. Maybe they started putting away a Baby fund. What, what kind of action can you associate with your faith is what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious that you, you've got to apply the faith somewhere. Believing in my heart, confessing with my, fat, with my mouth, but now how am I activating it and applying it and putting it into action? What am I doing? If, if, if I had the miracle today, what would that look like? How can I put that into action? How can I activate that? And I know you look weird. I understand. I get it. You look weird buying baby furniture at 100 years old. That's weird, right? Come on, we can all laugh. That's weird. Hey, weirdo, Abraham, what do you think you're doing? Well, God said I was going to be a father of many nations. Well, bro, he picked the wrong one. You're not the candidate. You don't qualify. Why didn't he talk to Jethro over there with 18 kids? Why didn't he the father of many nations? No, I picked the one that out of all of them, it would have to be God. Have to be God. So you, just, you should just consider yourself. Consider it an honor to be picked by God, to be given the faith challenge and the faith battle that he's brought. That's what I tell people. Why me? I don't understand why this happened. Because he saw something in you that said, they got what it takes. They, they, can, they can stand this test. They're gonna believe me at my word. 
Don't have to be qualified on the outside. Just strengthen your faith. So he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, praising God, acknowledging that God is the one that's going to make this happen. Not me, not Sarah, God. And then watch this one. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Being fully convinced, being fully convinced, being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was faithful to perform. Let me tell you, when God makes a promise, he can perform it. He can get it done. He can call those things that do not exist as though they did. He can call life to dead things. I don't know what's dead in your situation or what is, is, is contrary to what God said, but God never uh, relegates what your situation is outside of what his word says. His word is more powerful. What does it take? A faith that believes, a faith that speaks and confesses it, and then a faith that works it. So I don't want to have faith that when it's all said and done, it's dead or weak. I want to have strong faith. But how do I grow my faith, Pastor Mark? Well, how do you grow muscles? Use them. That's it. Use your faith. Well, I'll tell you right now, everybody in this room, and I mean this, if you don't have a faith project, if you don't have something to apply your faith to, get a word from God and put your faith on it. We're called, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. There should be something in our lives that we're putting our faith to. There should be some, and again, I'm keeping you in mind with last week. It's about relationship. It's about fellowship. God is not just a candy machine that we walk up to and say, what can I get out of God today? What can I have faith for from God? No, you got to start with your relationship and your fellowship and your walk with him in your walk with the Lord. The depth of my fellowship determines the depth of my faith. But once you're walking with the Lord and you're growing with the Lord, there should be ways that you are seeing him manifest his life beyond just the natural. Get something and put your faith on it. It may be as, as simple as a bill that needs to be paid. Now, I'm not just saying you, you don't, walking in faith doesn't negate paying the bill. But could God supernaturally move in a way that outside of your means that allows you to put finance somewhere else for the kingdom of God? That God showed up and this thing got taken care of and now I can do, because God doesn't do it for our uh, own benefit alone just so I can, you know, live with all this crazy stuff. It's so now I can say, God, what do you want me to do with this? Here's $150 is putting towards a credit card. You, met, you miraculously took care of it. I put my faith there. Now, what do you want me doing with this? How can I be a blessing to the kingdom of God? Who is this going to influence besides just me? Amen. We should have something we're putting our faith to because faith without works 
is dead. And, and faith is either growing or dying. It's never just staying still. I'm either building my faith or weakening in my faith. I'm strengthening my faith or weakening. I want to strengthen my faith. Every day, I want something that I'm believing God for. I want, I, I want some way that I'm believing beyond just what the natural. I can tell you right now, it's easy to digress into a mode uh, of just going through your day and going about your day and, and never really looking for God and how he's moving in your life. We can get caught up in that. We can get comfortable. But I want to be in a position where I'm believing God at his word. God, what's your word for me? He had to have a word. Abraham didn't just wake up one day and just say, you know what, I want kids. I'm going to believe God for kids. No, he's just minding his own business. And God brought a word. You got to have a word from God. Your faith is in his word, not your word. Once you get that word from God, he who promised can perform it. Thank you guys so much for checking out this week's message. If there is any message that you have missed or you just want to hear again, they are all available for free on iTunes. Just search Anchor Faith Church Valdosta and be sure to subscribe. That way you'll be notified once the new messages are available. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our church and what we have available for you and your family, or if you'd like to donate financially to the ministry, be sure to visit our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.